Thought Bubble Audio. Back to the Loud Women podcast. Today we are talking about episode five of Shrill. Uh, I'm actually getting really sad because it's we're almost we're almost to the to the end. We've we've been recapping one at a time, and we're we're getting round in the end here, Tookie. There are not enough episodes in this show, and I hope to God, like of course all the masses do, that there is a season two or at least a continuation of this season. Yes, I would totally go with a season one part two. It's, it's that is the number one piece of feedback that I hear from people is they're like, I cannot believe there's only six shows, and I think this is like a Hulu thing that they're doing now. I just I watched Pen Fifteen too, and I think that one only had like eight shows or eight episodes. So I'm, I guess they're like testing out shorter seasons. But um, does nobody want that? I know because that once you're into something like I I could be misspeaking on the pen 15 I think it was eight episodes but once I got in I was halfway through I was like I want so much more of this this is not enough um highly recommend pen 15 if you haven't watched it yet oh yes well I these networks need to know do you know how many episodes of cheers I had to sit through just so I had some context for (laughs) Frasier okay 11 seasons 11 seasons did you watch 24 episodes you watched all 11 seasons of Cheers. We watched all, my boyfriend and I watched all 11. That show is problematic as fuck. Some of it's funny, (laughs) but we sat through so much Cheers just to enjoy Frasier. You are such a good Boston resident to have like watched all of Cheers. I can't say I've seen a single episode of Cheers. Don't. Um, Not like I mean, yes. It's like, uh, how do I describe it? It's sort of like what shrill is except shrill isn't problematic uh where <laughs> it's sort of like this cultural phenomenon cultural bastion if you will like it's just like it's so right for its time and shrill is like the right thing for the right time right now wow what a good segue that was Boom. really well done Boom. bringing it back to the subject matter at hand <laughs> so, so many flame emojis right now all right so we left off with uh, with Annie going viral uh, with her Hello, I'm Fat article, which this is one that if you've read the book, Shrill, you know this was sort of lifted from lifted from the page. Uh, but this was a big article that Lindy West wrote that really kicked off her career. So it was such a formative situation that happened. It was cool to see this reflected in the show as well. Um, we join her as, as her phone is blowing up because she's going totally viral and the first my first thought on this scene was it is so cool to see like see her just experience joy like she was just so happy and how often do we get to see any characters on television experiencing pure joy first of all we're all depressed as fuck on tv but second of all to see this this fat woman just able to like this doesn't have anything to do with her body this doesn't have to do with her romance this is her just like super fucking pumped up about her I think that was so important to see because you never see people past a certain size portrayed to be uh, accomplished in any way. Like, like fat people mm. on TV don't seem to achieve anything. Like, oh, Norm from Cheers, all he does sit on that <laughs> stool. 
It's true. Top of mind. But yeah, it's, it's, they're always like the chiming in as the best friend or as the sidekick. And, you know, they're sitting around while the lead is doing their hair and getting all pretty for a night out. Like there's no, you don't see that success and that, that career and that power. Right. Right. So I thought that was just like a joyful thing. And I, I loved that transitioned into when she called her parents too. And that was a really sweet moment with her parents. And, and I like sort of how they're showing the, the perfections and the imperfections with the family. But just I related so much to like just those two kindly old people mm-hmm. who were just had no idea how to articulate what was happening in her life. But were so proud of her. 19,000 people clicked her. How do you work the internets? That's just, oh, Sweet, sweet baby boomers. They have no idea, but they were so kind. And I just, I, as a person who loves their parents, I was like, huh, this is such yeah. a nice little moment. Well, I mean, we are going to get to that eventually, but like there's good and bad with going viral. Have you ever had a tweet that blew up? A, a bit. Never to the extreme that it's like insane, but yes, I've, I've had only a, a small teaspoon of that. Yeah. I had a tweet blow up like two years ago and black twitter tried to drag me but oh i fought back you remember that wait remind me what it was i was critiquing commercialism and how we feed into these ideas and with weddings when it's like what we think what we're we're made to believe is tradition is actually a marketing campaign that worked really really well and people took offense to that because i shat on their dreams and so did you get a lot of you got a lot of hate for that Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, luckily my profile picture is from the neck up, so no one came from my body. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I had I, – I typically I'll get shit when it comes to, like, political Twitter. Uh, and sometimes if I just hit the right keyword, I'll get an influx of, of political stuff. And a lot of that does get really um, creatively, creatively um, insulting. Like, there was one where they just – they replied to my tweet and cropped really close to my face, like the outline of my <laughs> face. And they were like, what? yeah, of course you would think that it was something about me too, or like sexual assault or something like that. And I think the implication was like, yeah, of course you're going to think that. Cause like you're disgusting. And I was like, you really, you really nailed that one, buddy. Nice work. So it's, <laughs> it's that stuff <sighs> that it's not to the point where it's like scary. Uh, it's just sort of sad. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's the down there's of course the downside of going viral. And yeah, you're right. We do get into that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But like it was just nice to see her experience something joyful. And to see her even though, you know, no one gets paid for a viral tweet unless it's KFC and their most recent marketing campaign, which I am horrified by. I'm KFC, come at me right now. Okay. I'm 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 about to slide in KFC. Can you give DMs. a little uh, a little recap on the on the KFC campaign? Oh my God. It is. Okay. I am obviously a product of a swirl relationship and an advocate, an advocate for swirling too, but they got, they got a whole ass, a whole ass chicken nugget making out with a bottle of Mrs. Butterworth. And I, I'm sorry. Bring back oh. segregation. Fuck that. Well, KFC's latest ad campaign is a disgrace. Where is Th- Strom Thurmond? Where is he? You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's you know that's good to know. I had uh, I had not seen that. Um, Don't can't remember how we got there, Tookie. Can't really remember how we got there to be honest with you. Viral, viral tweet. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you, no one's getting paid for viral tweets. 
Right. Like, no one, no one gets paid for a tweet to blow up. But, like, there's sort of this dopamine rush when it happens. Like, oh, you get that first 10 retweets. Oh, my God, 10 retweets? Like, if you have, like, I don't know, 300 followers or something, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, right? for sure. So it was, it, you could totally relate to that, that pure dopamine hit, you're right, that she has in this moment. So, so then, of course, like, Fran comes in and, and innocently ruins things with her, um, her shroom <laughs> her pills, which, well, the, the, the shroom pills. So, oh God, I'm oh not God. a, not a major drug user by any means, but you know, France really got me sold on these microdosing shroom pills. I'm just saying uh, <laughs> the key word here is micro. Exactly. Don't take 20 Fran. Don't take Fran 20, but she, mm. I could dabble. Fran is out here living. Fran is out here living her best life, but like. <laughs> rain it in rain it in Fran oh, God. so so she she loses all the pills bonkers eats a bunch and my favorite reaction is is when this moment we realize that Annie is she looks like she has her shit together for a minute and then she totally doesn't because her first reaction to the dog eating the pills was uh should we call the police should we call my dad and I just thought that was so pure <laughs> I was like really <sighs> really Poor Bonkers, though. I know. Bonkers is the real victim in this. Well, okay. You know what? We say that. They both have to go to work, and Bonkers got to hang out all day just tripping balls. <laughs> but with Ryan. But, okay, well, so that, which brings me to my next point. Uh, Ryan is a garbage human. He's I, a terrible trip sitter. There's, there's, well, that's, that's true. He did do a bad <laughs> job at that. But my first thought was, if I was going to do mushrooms, Ryan is kind of maybe the type of person i would like to do it with no 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 No. come on rolling around just like in the grass living his best life no 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 strong okay i i don't talk about this story much but i accidentally did shrooms in the sixth grade uh (laughs) so there well you're talking about it now tookie we're not letting that slide so. so okay i had just switched schools and, uh, you know, I was getting to know everybody and I, I, middle school mean girls had not yet figured out that, oh, we should bully her. So there was this girl in the class. We should bleep her name out. Um, call her Karen. Yeah. Tara Hooper. How about that? Tara Hooper. Got it. Okay. And, um, she was having a slumber party <laughs> and I got invited Ooh. and yeah. So it was just like a bunch of girls at her house. Um, and her parents ordered Chinese takeout for us. And Fancy. Yeah. So I ate mine. But then like 10 or 15 minutes later, I just didn't feel right. I did not feel right. And like the whole night, I was like, oh my God, I can taste colors. The walls are talking to me. Like I I was so out of it. Tookie, is this right? real? This, is, this happened. I don't have that kind of free time to make this shit up. I was 12. So... So like I, I'm having like these crazy, vivid, lucid dreams, just like I I was sweating and I was so sick that this, this slumber party was on a Sunday and we had school the next day, obviously. And we were all going to go to school like from Tara's house. Uh, but my mom came early to pick me up and I missed school that Monday. And then I see everybody on Tuesday my little body was so sick at the time. I, I go back to school on Tuesday. I see everybody there and like no one will sit with me at lunch. And I was like, why is no one talking to me? And they were like, you were huddled in a corner and like rocking back and forth and talking to yourself like the whole night. 
And so I never really revisited this memory until like, oh my God, what was it? Uh, 15 years later or something, like right after I started comedy and I started, I talked to some other comics about it and they were like, someone shrooms got in your Chinese takeout. Like someone shrooms got in your lo mein. That sounds like you did shrooms. So as someone who accidentally did shrooms, allegedly, I guess, allegedly, uh, I would not shroom with Ryan. All right. Just, you know what? I have not shroomed. So I will take your expertise on the matter. That is, I will trust your expert judgment. Thank you. Um, he just looks like a terrible trip sitter is what it's called. That's, that's fair. Oh, all right. You know, you, you do shrooms once and you know all the drug words. I get <laughs> it, Tucky. You're so fancy. I'm so cultured. <laughs> so, so, all right. So we'll talk more about the drug trip a little bit later. Uh, but so he comes over to the house. He's taking care of the dog. And then we go back to the office to see Dan Savage Light. Uh, I don't, I, I, don't recall his I name. Can't. I can't dance. I just dance savage light. Uh, it's just, mm-hmm. is ripping her, ripping her a new one. And I don't know. I'm curious to hear what you thought about this scene. Like, obviously he's primarily wrong, but yep. I think this is where we start to see Annie almost get a little blinded by her own, like newfound courage to the point mm. where I was like, why are you surprised that he's mad at you? Right? Like not all, you didn't just publish an article without, his permission that you know he's gonna hate but like you actually actively ripped him a new asshole in this article so on his own publication so obviously he's gonna be mad um right so i i don't think he's right by any means don't come at me i still hate him but i did start think this is where we started to see things not unravel but we started to see the layered the layers and the nuance of finding yourself there's so much more to it where you kind of you can overdo it a little bit yeah it's 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 tricky because she's not wrong for what she said and she's not wrong for having these opinions but it's like oh was this the right time but it's like when is the right time so i'm for her for going for it but i also am with you in that she shouldn't um her her head got a little too big for her neck there was a little ego happening Mm -hmm. yeah you could definitely see that the last the success of her last article went to her head a little bit but you know what i can and we'll talk about this a little bit more later because there were some other things she did that were like red flags but Mm -hmm. i appreciate that she is being painted as a nuanced character it's not again it's not just this fat person is sad because she's fat then she learns to love her body and now she's happy and she's great and everyone loves her like there's so much more to it so there's I a real life that. here. Yeah. It's back to cheers. It's not just Norm on the stool and his ghost wife, Vera. <laughs> we never see Vera. Who is Vera? <laughs> I, I need the producers of cheers to give me answers. And what was the amount of Norm's bar tab by the end of the show? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Are they even alive still? Can we just, I think so. Just Ted Danson. That's all that matters. Ted Danson's hairline won't quit. Call, that thing is still stra- thriving call in 2019. Back to episode one, Ted Danson is a daddy and he can still get it. Oh, he can. Uh, he got that juice juice. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so, so I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I thought he obviously has, he's also another person that's been like blinded by his own ego and his own success because when he's like, you know, you're t- treating me like I'm the establishment. Do I look like the establishment? I'm wearing fucking nail polish. It's like, okay, we get it. You are so subversive, but now you are so good <laughs> at being subversive that you have now become the man. Like that's just the reality. So, right. um, it was interesting to sort of see them reflecting each other in that way where they were both both getting a little khaki a little little bit it's weird how it's like you sometimes if you're not careful become your own 
enemy that you're fighting yeah against you become what you hate a little bit which this is I, I think that that component of it that's exactly what it is and I think that's a really interesting and and so now that we're sort of almost at the end of it I keep thinking about what storylines would be really interesting to continue teasing out through season two and I, I would be interested mm-hmm. in seeing his thought process around how, how that develops because you're right is he built his whole early career on being this like vigilante type uh taking down the establishment but now he he is that and so how do you wrestle with that and how do you sort of uh yeah how do you how do you get comfortable with that so yeah yeah oh when when it, they came to a head there that little tete-a-tete in the office and then and then good friend amadi breaks it up who is i love him um mm-hmm. this this episode specifically had me thinking wow annie is so lucky because she has really good friends like unselfish kind friends that actually really look out for her so I like that he uh, he was immediately like, all right, let's do something fun. Let's go watch uh, small horses doing choreographed dances. Oh, because who doesn't love? I was like, that's all I want to do if I am depressed about something. Take me to see tiny horses. That is every horse girl. That's every middle school horse girl's dream Not- to watch her little her her uh, grand champions the most beautiful horses oh okay we're we might get sued but (laughs) to watch that come to life what i would be so down and if one of my friends was like hey i found this i'm taking you i would be like you're my best friend i'm never letting you go forever so i thought that was very sweet and then immediately after when she starts to realize that her troll is back he's Mm -hmm. like all right let's find him let's go i just i am delighted by what a good friend he is Shout out to homegirl in the IT department and that it's a woman coding. Wait, okay, we'll get there because I love her. She's my favorite. She's she's one of my favorite little yeah. little moments from this, this uh, episode. So More of that. So let's, we can bop back to Ryan with bonkers for a second. Oy vey. So, so not a good, not a great, I already forgot what it's called. Trip guide? Trip sitter. Trip sitter. Spirit guide. <laughs> Sherpa. I don't know. Uh, but I... <laughs> I just think he's very funny and he's just lying there and he's like, I wish I could take my pills with cheese. Oh wait, I can. I'm just like, that's beautiful. I love that. I I hated him less in this moment. I will say it was really good when they're in the fort and he's like, he's like, don't freak out. Remember we're in a womb or a butt or wherever you come from. I was just like, Ryan, you're so fucking dumb, but there is, that's why I'm saying is like, maybe not mushrooms. I wouldn't want him to be my mushroom guide, but like, I would smoke a joint with him. Is that a fair compromise? That's fair. Okay. I, I would say, though, as as a breach birth, I resent his butt comment. Oh, my God. I came into this world ass first, goddammit. My mom won't let me forget it. Oh, my God. Uh, cool. That's a great visual. So, awesome. <laughs> gonna going to just quickly move on from that uh so yeah sorry, so listeners. he was a, i'm not sorry he, he was you know he was just hanging out with a dog his intellectual equal uh so <laughs> uh so then so then we go back maureen from it yes so yes. you know i i i loved her first of all she's hilarious we've i've loved her you and i have loved her since like the trailer when she was talking about using a corn dog as a dildo yeah what an angel Oh man, way to represent women in STEM in like the most <laughs> hilarious way. Shout out to Maureen in tech. Like so dry, so funny. And um I it made me really sad, but it was really funny the way she was sort of like, Oh yeah, you have a troll, like 
I have a lot of men on the internet who want to kill me. She's like, they're like, why do you, people want to kill you? Oh, I, I'm a woman on the internet and I, I play video games. It's just, it's so sad, but it's, I absolutely burst out laughing the first time I watched that because it's true. It's like, it's so true. Why do people want to kill you? I don't know. I'm in their space. That's it. That's the whole But the internet it. is supposed to be everybody. I don't know. See, this is why I haven't taken my Sims platform public. Because... <laughs> You don't need the harassment or worse. What she said is they don't always want to kill me. Sometimes they want to have sex with me and then they want to kill me. Yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. Keep those Sims private. Keep them safe. This is not, this is not a safe world, but yeah, love that little bit from her. I need to look up. I don't know who that comedian is, but I, or that actress, but I would love to sort of see more from her because that dryness was just chef's kiss. Excellent casting choice. So funny. Uh, So, so when Fran gets home and Ryan is still there taking care of the dog, she's like just leave and i just i love the consistency with which fran just fucking hates ryan and just has no patience i just don't like the fact that she relented okay so that was what i was gonna say is that i agree i felt like she even got suckered in by his like idiot charm like Mm. he has this very good sense of like oh you're such an idiot there's something sweet there and and she got sucked in too which i thought was very interesting considering she has been rock solid this whole time i know i know so sorry i'm doing a lot of asmr for our listeners today over here over here hello (laughs) tap tap uh so (laughs) so the one thing that I thought was interesting that she mentioned when she was ranting about how much she loved Annie is she said something along the lines of, uh, you know, I love her. She's my family, even though she's going through a bit of a, a selfish phase, uh-huh. which sort of foreshadowed the rest of the episode, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Like Fran sensed shit hitting the fan before it even hit the fan, which is how, you know, somebody is very close to you and gets you. Yep. Yep. Because the- that is, Oh, oh no, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, I I appreciate the fact that they included the small t- detail in this show that black women be knowing. We we know. We know. <laughs> Is there like a black girl magic sense that you have of like a spidey sense? We can telepathically <laughs> telepathically communicate with one another. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Uh I, I cuz if you if you've ever I don't know how many listeners of color we have because demographics don't show that. But um yeah, if you walk into a space and there's, like, only one other black person, that, like, the nod, mm. it happens. Like, we telepathically communicate. It's a whole thing. And then if you are close to someone, regardless of color, we just know. We just know. I believe it. I totally believe it. She knew. She totally knew. So, because then immediately after, Annie, Annie's mom comes home, sees that they were eating meatball subs, which... I watched the show like twice in preparation for this episode and I'm really craving a meatball sub and I don't think I'm going to be the same until I get a meatball sub, but that's beside the point. Uh, you know, she came home and she was criticizing, you know, she, she got a little critical and Annie just lost her shit. She just totally unloaded like all of this feelings, this stuff Mm -hmm. onto her mom. And do I think her mom is problematic? Yes, I do. Oh yeah. But she's also still her mom. And she also still is, like, dealing with a husband who has cancer. And she's also just, like, doing the best she can. And I've thought a lot about how, you know, we're, we're all being so much more open now about body image stuff and health. And all these things are much more, we're all comfortable talking about it in a way we didn't used to be. But our moms, our parents' generation didn't have that advantage. And so 
I don't feel like we can hold it against them necessarily when like there's things mm-hmm. that were impressed upon us as a child because they didn't know better. Right. Like the, think about it. Like when I was growing up in the nineties, it was, it was the peak of like, uh, you know, eat, eat like, uh, low fat, low fat, everything, you know, eat all these oh, yeah. artificial products that are full of absolute shit, but they have like 30 calories. So it's good for you. And, and Fabio in all the butter commercials. Exactly. Right. Like all of this absolute shit that we were putting into our bodies because we just didn't know. And so it's like, you can't hold that against your mom. You can't resent your mom for that. And for, for like putting these, these unrealistic standards on you, because I think that's just the generation and like that's just we're changing times are changing and people are changing and attitudes are changing yeah i understood where annie was coming from though like holding on to that those years and years and years of internalized criticisms and and coded language and digs and just uh like i get it i get why she blew up i get her outrage i understand i just felt like it was misplaced and then the last piece of it is is you know one of the first things her mom said was like she read the article and and she was Mm. really hurt by the way she framed it in the article and Mm. um uh, you know again this is another generational thing where we're so used to putting all of our stuff out on the internet but for our parents generation that's like mortifying and i don't think it necessarily has to do with vanity or anything like that it's just it doesn't come naturally and so i can totally understand why her mom was a little traumatized by that yeah, well, maybe I'm a little selfish too, if you will, but I I look at that like, you know, these people who are hurt by the way that they are portrayed in these articles, what about all the hurt that they imposed on Annie or any fat person mm-hmm. for that matter? Like, oh, oh, I'm hurt. This is wrong. You shouldn't have done this to me. Well, what about all the years mm-hmm. that Annie or anyone in her shoes, in her situation who looks like her, right? What about all the hurt that they've had to endure? I agree. I think it has a lot to do with intention, though. And so I think Mm. her mom, the intention was never to hurt her. The intention was always like it was maybe misguided and the delivery Mm. was bad and she didn't. Maybe she was a little too focused on vanity stuff, but the intention was still good. Whereas with her boss, he's an asshole and deserves to be ripped all over the Internet. Like, that's totally fine. Um, But I do think that it's your mom. You you should you owe her the respect to like give her a heads up or at the very least, or or talk to her about it in person before. I don't know. I I'm maybe I'm, I'm like a little old fashioned in that is I just felt a little bit like I felt a little bit bad for her mom in that. Yeah. Oh no, I totally understand both sides of it. But then I think of like, there's intention at like, there's your intent and then there's impact Mm -hmm. because you can't tell someone how they feel, how they receive what you're saying. So like, there's so many layers to it, but I completely understand like, her mom's perspective and coming from a world where you don't do that. Mm. You just don't do that. So I get, I get both sides. Yeah. It was, it was a great scene. It was really interesting. I mean, I, I, the first time I watched it, I was sort of like, Oh shit. And then watching it back again, you realize how, you know, you and I both read it really differently. And there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot of like generational stuff and there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, all around good writing, really good performances from both Mm. the parents when the dad at the end was like, that's enough. I, I totally related. I thought that was really, really well done because it's like, yeah, that's your wife at the end of the day. Even if you do agree with your daughter, you got to take your wife's side because like you got to wake up next to her until you both die. So that's right. Way way to go, dad. 
Oh, I will say I was being a little problematic at that, at that end scene because I was watching it and then I shook my laptop like, I'm not going to let some man tell me to be silent. So <laughs> got a, a little mad, So we, but I get it. <laughs> so we, uh, sh- she leaves that horror show of a situation and goes home. Ryan's still there. And Ugh. again, bare minimum Ryan coming in with the grilled cheese. And I'm like, all right. I get it. If I walked in the house and somebody was handing me a grilled cheese, I would, my defenses would go down too, but it's just a fucking grilled cheese. It's not that hard to make a grilled cheese, but I get it. Right. Cause grilled it's cheese like, is delicious. What was it? Craft singles. It's not even like a nice slice Buffalo mozzarella. Oh, right. Oh, it took me like some bougie grilled cheese. You know, you know, I got it. But no, I would have, <laughs> I, I, I was like, Again, I'm getting sucked into the bare minimum Ryan where I was, ooh, grilled cheese. That's so sweet. But no, it's like he still still sucks. All I wrote down is, why does she even like him? Because we (laughs) we haven't seen – we see, like, he's charming. We see how he sort of wiggles his way back in. But we haven't seen any serious conversations between the two of them. We haven't seen what they have in common. We haven't seen him in any kind of, like, his own element where she would be attracted to him. It's just he's always an idiot. He can't form a sentence. So I don't know why she's attracted to – like, she wants to be with him. Ryan embodies a lot of, like – what I see on the internet of, uh, you know, mediocre white man says something remotely woke and everybody's like, we stand a king. And it's like, no, we just let this mediocre dude do the bare minimum. It's, and we praise it because our standards are so low. And that's, that was my other thought as well is that she gets him to commit, but the bar she set for their relationship was so low. It was literally just Iranian. It was below the floor it was yeah it was just okay well i just i need you to like step up and he's like yeah okay she's like okay great and that was it i'm like set a higher bar for yourself my friend i you know it i i would not mm -mm, uh uh-uh you've met my man i have standards you do but but i'm just saying like she didn't even say lose that other hoe's number yeah she's a hoe no disrespect to the actress the character though you a hoe but (laughs) you know lose her number like shape up no more pencil fighting get a goddamn cha like i don't know i i i really when he was talking and he was trying to convince her to be with him and he was like i don't know what i'm doing like every time i try just mess it up i was screaming at the television because i was like we have all dated you like we have all dated that guy who's like i just i don't know how to be in a relationship i don't know how to treat it i don't know i'm doing my best i just don't know and i just i literally like pulled my hair out because i've dated that guy like five times and you know what kills me is that men like that tend to have dna that thrives like they (laughs) seem to stop having sex with these men yes Stop letting their DNA thrive in this environment, goddammit. <laughs> if you're, yeah, if you're currently dating someone who's like, well, I just don't know. I don't know how to. No, it's not that fucking hard to know what you're doing. You call somebody back. You pick up the phone. You're a decent human being. That's, it's not hard. And so, yeah, stop reproducing with them. If he doesn't know what he's doing, stop. Right. Close up shop. Close the legs. Done. Ugh. So I, I hate yeah. him. I hate Don't get him. Digmatized by that. But that's what it's called. Digmatized. <laughs> digmatized. Uh, but she did. And he got digmatized. What I will say is 
I am so down with how sex is portrayed on this show. And I know we've talked about it before, but I, I went in and I looked at the timestamps. This was a full two minute sex scene. This was, this was hot. This was, I, I was like, Ooh, Ooh, hello. It was two minutes. That is a long time for a sex scene. That is like, or four, I mean, just hooking up. And when like he was taking off her shirt and stuff, I was like, they are going there and it's mm-hmm. not a punchline and there is no joke. And he is genuinely like captivated by her and her body and her sexiness. And I was just like, all right, I don't like the dude. I don't like the dick, but I really like the way that this is being done. Uh, I appreciated her having a cute bra uh, because I know when it comes to anything past a D cup, there's no access to like cute lingerie. So uh, I really hope ahem, Rihanna, if this ever, ever makes its way to your ears, <laughs> I'm going to need your lingerie line, Savage by Fenty, to come sponsor a few episodes of Shrill and step up that lingerie game. Because oh Savage God. by Fenty is very accessible lingerie and looks good on everybody. Yes, it did. It looked so good. I loved that she just wasn't in like some boy shorts and some like janky sports bra she was like no I or period pants no God, period, period panties, panties just like straight up cute on these and um having a good time i i just i just like a plus all around keep the he lights on like over her she was she was into it again consent like very consensual like very clear uh just hot great well done yeah this this was a this was a, a huge step up from the initial sex scene we've had where I would call it dolphin sex mm. because it just looked it just looked slimy and unconsensual. <laughs> Someone wasn't enjoying it. No. Uh I didn't even think about that. I had I'd sort of forgotten to compare it to that original sex scene, but it's true, you can see how much how much their relationship has grown because it right. was very much he was listening to her, he was looking at her in the eyes, he was treating her like a human being. So I guess in that regard, congrats. Yeah. Good work. I don't know. <laughs> you did it. It's, it. You did it. Can can we like the sex but hate the sexer? That's that's where I'm at. I I I like that term. I like that way to put it. Yeah. The sexer. So mm. uh, any any last thoughts on on this? Oh oh wait, but the the end of this uh, when Amadi is texting her because oh. she skipped the dog show. So this was again the perfect. This is the peak of like Annie's going through a selfish period right now. Yeah, was like kind of being shitty to her mom, like, and then just fucking ditch Amadi, that angel who helped you through a terrible day. So she got dickmatized. I don't know if he would understand getting dickmatized, especially in her position where she hasn't been getting that sort of validation and attention to her body and being lusted after like that. I think she deserved to, she deserved to, uh, get make made fucked to made God. fucked to get with you. I convulse. Uh, every I know you time. really do. That's a physical reaction. She, she deserved to get hers, but you can still pick up a phone and be like, Hey man, I, it's not going to happen. Because mm-hmm. that is like not that's not okay. I don't. I, yeah. I'm fully. I'm totally fine if you get dickmatized. That's fine. But just give me the heads up so I'm not waiting at the horse show by myself. Right. Like you can ride some peen, but also be a responsible adult. It takes two seconds. Pick up the phone. Right. Revenge yeah. for Amadi. Ugh. Justice. Poor Amadi. But uh, yeah, awesome episode. 
all around another good one i don't know this one was this was another sort of a darker episode after last week's whimsical fantasy land um but i liked it oh man we went from like Oh, I hate to compare it to this, but you know, you know, like that scene in an early season of The Simpsons when Homer walks into a hot dog factory and it's just pure bliss. No, you don't know. I don't. Okay. But you can, you can just, we've gotten this far. Yeah. And it's just like, you see that uh, there's just so much happiness happening. <laughs> there's so much pure joy. And I'm like, yeah, we went from, we went from hot dog factory to someone with a probably curved dick. We don't know. We don't know. It's a pencil. It's a pencil. That's what we determined last time. Uh, (laughs) So thanks for listening, guys. If you like the podcast, give us a little bit of a rating and a review. Uh, It helps us get awesome interviews like we had last week uh, with Allie Rushfield. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should go back and listen to that one. We got some really awesome behind the scenes scoop. Behind the scenes scoop. Allie is the showrunner and she's an executive producer and she's one of the three primary creators of the show along with AD and Lindy. So she had some really awesome insights to share with us. So yeah, rate review. Go back and listen to that one. Follow us on social media at Loud Women Pod. You can follow Tookie on Twitter for all of her problematic hot takes at Tookie oh, Monster. You can follow. You don't want. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to love it. You can follow me at, at this is Marissa and uh we will talk to you guys next week to share with you the recap of the final episode so sad but we'll see you next week bye bye bye